San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, buddy. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host and our producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, LA County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760KFMB, you can hear this uh, show on any device as it airs. And we are free on iTunes and also on iymoney.com. All these podcasts are commercial-free. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's a best-selling author. He's a marathon runner. He's a, a philanthropist and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? Doing good. I'm trying to stay out of the heat. <laughs> finally had the heat wave. Yeah, it's been a little toasty, hasn't it? Yeah, but the ocean water temperature's warmed up. So yeah. for those of us who like the like the ocean, swim and surf and whatever. Don't have to wear a wetsuit anymore. Yeah. Well, good, good. I hope they're getting some good waves out there. Speaking of surfers, happy birthday to Craig Blanke, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, he had a, he had a birthday this week, so and he looked like he was enjoying himself, as usual. <laughs> He's our account executive here at KFMB. Been here for... Happy uh, birthday, Craig. Probably close to three decades, I'd say. Right, Mike? You have, yeah, it's a long time. That? But um, in any case, uh, hey, Richard, congratulations. I think you came in, you ran in the uh, San Diego Pride um, uh, 5K, 5K, right? Yeah, I got a medal in my, I don't hang around to pick up the medals, but I play. Well, you should. I'm I'm the king of third place. You probably have enough medals and t-shirts to to, uh, uh, stock an army. I uh, I am the king of third place. (laughs) One spot above where the Padres are right now. So what was your time? I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't look. I don't know, 24 well, minutes? Well, here's my... The here, course was long. It was like uh, three miles and a quarter. It's yeah. supposed to be 3.1. It was really hot. That extra 0.15 when it's yeah. hot, you notice it. Well, uh, I didn't tell you this yet, but I was going to walk the parade with my friend Laurie Black. No, and, I know all of this, but tell yeah, our listeners. Well, oh, oh, you didn't? Oh, anyway, this is kind of cool. So uh, we were going to walk. She had her dog. We had to get some free doggy booties because the asphalt was so hot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it is the, it's got to be the largest event in San Diego of the year uh, as a civic event. Uh, you know, with 240,000 people, they say, or something like Did you see an estimate of the crowd? Or? Yeah, they say it's over 200. Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's the largest mass of humanity that uh, you'll see in San Diego. In any case, um, about 10 minutes before the parade, uh, uh, Lori comes up to me and says, guess what? Tony Atkins asked if, if I could ride in her car. And I said, oh, that's great. What do I do, pick up after the elephants or something? But So I go over to our Lieutenant Governor, Gavin Newsom, and I asked him if he has any room in his car, and uh, he said, sure, we uh, hop in, there's room. So I rode in the lieutenant governor's car. So, cool. So thank God uh, Tony Atkins asked Lori to, <laughs> to ride in her car. So I thought that, was, and, and I want to tell you, that guy walked, about, he walked about 90% of the parade. Um, people just, you know, hugging him and, uh, you know, taking pictures and uh, all the time in the world. Just a, a super nice guy, and uh, we're very fortunate, I think. Whatever your politics are, you have to admit, the guy is a nice guy, and he's got a big heart, and, um, and he's uh, very popular. That's yeah, a really neat event. Yes, absolutely. And um, in any case, our guest tonight, I've known him for quite a few a number of years. I don't know all the productions he's been in, but he's a very accomplished local actor with a very rich and illustrious history, not only f- f- with regard to himself, but also with regard to his his family and his father. 
So um, without further delay, I'd like to welcome to our show, Walter Murray. Walter, how are you? I am fine. Thank you. Good evening. Yeah, welcome to our show, Walter Murray. So, um, God, what a history you have. Uh, I know your friend sent, sent over some notes about, uh, about yourself, but, uh, well, born in Texas. Why don't we start there? And uh, your experience has been quite unique. I mean, you were uh, adopted, right? So tell us, tell us about born and raised in uh, your history in, te- in Texas and then... Uh, well, I, I was uh, I was only in Texas till I was 18 months old. I was uh-huh. um, I was adopted, and as far as I can uh, uh, gather, I was the uh, product of an illegitimate uh, relationship between a prominent Houston citizen and his maid. Mm. And so uh, I was given up at birth, and my parents sounds uh, like a play right there. Yeah, <laughs> sure. And my parents. Um, well, that's how you got so smart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get out of, get out of dodge. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents' uh, attorney was a woman named Barbara Jordan, who, if you remember, she was on, oh. on the Watergate hearings. I was going to say Watergate, yeah. nineteen seventy-three, which what? I had to sit through for a, a, a long time. Um, and I that Barbara, was kind of wasn't she a congresswoman? She was, yeah, yeah. In Texas. Yeah, okay. she became a congresswoman. And so I had to watch that every uh, every day in the summer. So of how she how was she related to you again? Or? She wasn't related. She was my her, my parents' attorney. Parents' attorney. She will okay. handle the adoption, which was I think probably you know under the table well, back, back how then. How cool is that? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I've I've tried to find some information um, about my adoption, but uh, she's no longer with us, and um, I, mm. I, I I imagine there's records somewhere, but everything was probably done under the table, and, and, and the hospital is no longer there either. So, what right. city was this in? Houston. 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 All right. So yeah. 18 months, and then uh, your dad, Lewis, right? Then, yeah. Well, we went back to Chicago, which is where um, he, he's from Gary, but mm-hmm. uh, um, and but uh, we lived in Chicago. What was he doing in Houston? Just a job transfer? Uh, yeah. He was, a, um, I believe at the time, he was um, uh, part of Customs, uh, and uh, which became, later on became the, the Treasury Department and, and, and then eventually DEA. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you, he adopted you. Any other children, or just? Uh, I have a brother who's also adopted. Okay. Yes. Okay. So yeah. he moved back to the Chicago mm-hmm. South Side, and you had a very famous neighbor. Yes. Um, my father tried to buy a house down the street from uh, where we lived, and was told he couldn't. That a a, 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 a professor was going to be living there, <laughs> and it ended up being um, Cassius Clay, who um, I never saw, but my dad did. Uh, my father did. And, well, he wasn't a professor. Another professor? I mean, what do you mean professor? Well, I, I, we, we think that was just something they were using. That it was oh. probably the Muslims, the Muslims uh, the, or the Nation of Islam bought. Uh, what year was uh, this now? This was probably 65 or something. Like so he already had become a pretty famous. And yes, what, yeah. But that was before his Vietnam War. Yeah, I know, but yes, he, yes, he, before, he had already yeah. beaten yeah. Sonny yeah. Liston. And it was he had beaten Sonny then, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, uh, he bought a he was, uh, house was purchased for him down the street from where we were. Wow. wow. Cool. What street was that on? It was on Bennett Street. Bennett Street. 222 Bennett Street. 222. I remember that. Yeah. All right. But you know, many, many years ago, Joe, I saw Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, running around Lake Murray. I heard that. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people did, must have seen him that, well, that day. Well, he trained yeah. with Archie Moore out here, didn't I guess, he? Yeah. yeah. But, but this Archie, was later on. In later on, yeah. correct. After he had retired. Years ago, basically. yeah. 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 And and of course, running around and, Lake Murray. And of course, he fought in the uh, sports ring, got his jaw broken by Ken Norton. Ken I saw Norton. that fight. Exactly. Did you really? Yep, I saw that fight. That yeah. was 73. But you know, when you're running around Lake Murray, you don't expect to see Muhammad Ali. <laughs> well, supposedly someone asked him for an autograph and they didn't have any paper and he took out a $5 bill and signed that and gave it to him. Oh, wow. Yeah. How about so, that? But I guess a lot of people must have seen him that day at Lake Murray. It seems like well, a pretty yeah, well-known story. Bi- bicyclists yeah. and pedestrians and so on. So mm-hmm. Very cool. Interesting. All right, so 222 Bennett Street and um, so your dad tried to buy the house but mm-hmm. uh, but at least you were neighbors. I mean, were you, were you did you have any inter- encounters with uh, Muhammad I, I never did but I heard like little kids could just go up, go up to his house and, and knock on the door and he would come out and play with them in the neighborhood but uh, really? I don't know. It never happened with me, <laughs> with uh, me. 
How yeah, about that? So, so uh, how long were you in Chicago for then? We left in 69. My dad was transferred to okay. uh, Yuma, Arizona. Yuma, Arizona. Now, yeah. your dad's history is quite remarkable. He was one of the Tuskegee Airmen, right? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And yeah. uh, let's remind our listeners who who that group was, because not you know everyone should know, but there may be some who don't. But yeah. uh, tell us about it that. It was a famous black flying unit in, in World War II that were trained um, and uh, flew alongside a lot of white um Pilots and mm-hmm. who, who didn't know they were a black flying unit, uh, and they saved a lot of uh, missions and saved a lot of lives. And and then once they eventually, I guess they found out that they were uh, do, that it was black guys that were doing this. They said, "Well, we want them. You know, we want them to fly along with us." Mm-hmm. You know, so. But yeah, my dad, uh, I think he joined in like the second the second group, mm. which would have been like forty two or something like that. Yeah, there was even a women's uh, air force that the women who who flew the planes from I guess where they were manufactured to all these the, uh, airports uh, before they flew out of the country. But uh, it was the wasps. Remember that, Richard? Yeah, the wasps. Uh, yeah, women's air service uh, patrol or something or whatever. But uh, anyway, they. They never quite got their due. So, but there was a film about the Tuskegee Airmen. There was. There? there was. There were a couple of them. Yeah, I remember uh, being at home on a Friday night, and there was a phone call, and someone was asking for Lewis Murray, and I'm like, uh, "Yeah, he's not here right now." And mm-hmm. it was um, one of these gentlemen trying to get all the airmen together. This is like 19 early 90s. Mm-hmm. That's when they, that's when they got together for the, to make the first movie. Yeah. Uh, which was like, yeah. but the recent one was titled what? Uh, Red Tails. Red Tails. Yeah. Did you see? Oh, okay. It? No, I didn't see it. I Very good film. It. Actually, yeah. much better than the first. Yeah. Much better than the first movie. Mm. I thought. I haven't seen, but I do want to see that. So I'm mm-hmm. going to look for it and, and see that. So, but the, so after the Tuskegee Airmen, and then your dad's working in all these different. You know, he was cost- a Secret Service yeah. agent uh, uh, during, uh, I guess, like the campaigns of. Uh, yeah, uh, FBI, Secret Service, Service. Sky Marshal, DEA, yeah. all that, and yeah. we're going to go through the progress, the progression of all that, though. But we're going to take a little. Break break right okay. about now. We'll come back with local actor Walter Murray right after these words. Hang on. All right. Now we're back with Walter Murray, local actor, very accomplished from Green Acres. <laughs> Remember that show, Walter? All right. I do. I do, yes. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, so your dad, you know, DEA, Secret Service, FBI, Sky Marshal, where do you want to start you know, in the chronolo- chronology of things? Well, uh, when we moved to Yuma, I think he was still part of the Treasury Department, which became DEA in mm-hmm. 72 or 73, and mm-hmm. he, he worked on the border down there and, and um, had many adventures. There's actually, I believe, a photo, uh, not a photo, but a, a portrait of him um, in the DEA headquarters in D.C., um, you know, being one of the first black agents, I guess. Yeah. So. And then, um, so after DEA, Secret Service, FBI, I mean, how does that He, he was, um, also during the 70s, he was part of the Sky Marshal detail, which would, you know, he would be gone for... Because uh, there were a lot of skyjackings mm-hmm, back then. Mm-hmm. And they That's actually, when they started in the yes, 70s. Yes, and he was our, part of that detail that, uh, that did, wiped it out, basically, wiped out the... Uh, did he ever have to uh, draw his gun or... Uh, not in, not in that in that uh, not, not as part of a sky a sky marshal detail, but I'm, he drew his gun, gun a few times as, as an agent, as a, yeah. as a federal agent. Yeah. Boy, but, that's just got to be scary to have bullets flying on an airplane. But um, yes, uh, well, that, you wouldn't want that, I don't think. But um, but <laughs> um, in any case, they did they did. Uh, I mean, people people forget. I mean, planes would get hijacked and take me to Cuba, take mm-hmm. me here, take me there. It happened all the time. Liberia. And, uh, of course, they finally figured it out. You have to have a secure cockpit door or whatever, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Although, um, you know, it could, they could do a lot of damage to passengers. He was um, also, he was on the tarmac in, in a plane when the, when the um, hostages were taken in uh, in Iran. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. You mean? Very scary time. When they came back in January of? Uh, no, when, when he was, when they were trying to get people out. 
He was on the tarmac with a, with a plane. You mean in Iran? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're trying in Tehran, to, yeah, Tehran. In Tehran. Yeah. Ah, yeah. so the, um, okay, but our embassy got sacked and a lot, a lot of people got, uh, yes, you know, that, yeah. that, that became the big 440-day. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think they knew that was happening, but, yeah, he was trying to get people out of there uh, as part of a detail. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm sure there's, I think there was a movie about that, too, wasn't there? Argo, was it Argo? Is that the movie? Yeah. Argo, right? Yeah. 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 That's when the Canadian embassy, I guess, helped get six mm-hmm. of our people out or whatever ahead mm-hmm. of time. But, but um, so Sky Marshal and then Secret Service, uh, that was pretty interesting. Tell us how that developed and who he uh, protected. He was a Secret Service agent, I believe, in the late 60s and early 70s. He worked for uh, George Wallace and uh, <laughs> Nelson Rockefeller. You know, you now, George Wallace, was he governor at the time? or uh, I or? believe he wasn't. He was, or he was, he was uh, running, for president. Running, for, running for president, yeah. He, wow. made couple, he made a couple runs at the presidency. I mean, yeah. And, uh, my dad... I think he either worked on, for sure he worked on one, he might have worked on two uh, for him. Oh, interesting. Wallace, Wallace uh, actually um, chose my father, um, I think. Um, now, did, <clears> now, at Wallace, least once. Well, Wallace obviously did a 180 on his racial stand, mm-hmm. but um, did your dad have any stories about, I mean, that, mm-hmm. you know, he, he always felt that Wallace was more of a, um, like, a, you know, what's the word, uh, a racist by, um, by, I don't know. Uh, acclamation. Yeah, acclamation, <laughs> yeah, in order to, to get a certain vote. And, right. Um, you know, but he said he always treated him well, always made sure that they got what they needed. And um, Actually, George Wallace gave my father a gold pin that had Wallace on it, and I still have Isn't it. Isn't that something? So, um, so yeah. it's basically pandering. Uh, I mean, it's terrible that you can... It is. You know, you know, he you was know. warned, I think, by Governor Fulbright, who was like his mentor, not to do that. But really? He did it anyway, yeah. Huh. Yeah. What was that movie, The Butler? The the, yes. the, the mm-hmm. Did you see that? I did. Yeah, yeah. Did your dad happen to know that gentleman? Or um, no, no. no. He, he, I don't. I don't think my father worked in the White House. I don't think he did. He may mm-hmm. have, but I'm not sure. I know he was out of the, out of the, like, like they have now. Every candidate gets a Secret Service agent. Mm-hmm. Gets agents at- assigned to him. So my dad was sort of like that, you know. So Marshall. I mean, so he worked with uh, Wallace, and then uh, and, and then, then Nelson uh, Rockefeller no. in the early seventies. He doesn't have any stories to tell about him. I don't think. Well, <laughs> it wasn't much to. Tell. We already know plenty of stories <laughs> yeah. about Rockefeller. Yeah. Flipping people off and all that—he was a piece of work. But you know mm. what? He was—he uh, was genuine. He was yeah. one of a kind. He was <laughs> what he was. Yeah, from what I recall, yeah, he was what he was. For a wealthy family, a wealthy guy. I mean, mm. he just put it out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, was he? So your dad uh, was his Secret Service agent when he was vice president or governor or what? I believe he ran. He had a run for presidency. Right. For presidency. That's when my dad probably worked with him. Yeah. Then he became VP with uh, with, with uh, Ford. Ford. Yeah. Ford. He eventually Ford dumped VP. him for Dole. Right. Which I think was a good choice. Really. Yeah. So. Um, that's right, because Rockefeller did he didn't he left early, didn't he, or something? Or I, I forget th- what I, happened. I think they just chose Dole over him. Yeah, yeah. and of course, you know, Gov- <laughs> Governor Rockefeller. Uh, I, I guess uh, you know, and upon his demise, he was uh, not with his wife. He was with uh, Marla Maples, right, Richard? Marla Maples, who won, mm. who won up with Donald Trump too, right? So for a brief time. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! I, I didn't, it's hard. To I didn't realize they overlapped. Yeah. Wow, it's hard, hard to keep track. I was yes. I was watching the convention yesterday, and it was hard to keep track of that. Oh my mm-hmm. god! <laughs> <laughs> so after uh, Rockefeller, then what happened with your dad? You pretty oh, retired? Yeah. Or? No, no, we um we moved to Denver, and he was an agent there. He was he was a. a DEA agent in Denver, mm-hmm. and, but we used to always vacation in San Diego. Even when we lived in Yuma, we'd come here for vacations, uh-huh. and so we always wanted to end up here. And well, finally... ne- next to Yuma, anywhere is a vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so um, in '77, you moved here and went to Hilltop High, right? Um, yes, yes. I, I, I we left Denver, uh-huh. and I came here in '70, 70, '77, and I went to I started ninth grade at Hilltop High. Yeah. yeah. Now, how did you get your proclivity uh, uh, or affinity for theater and acting? Well, I've always liked movies. I've always been a big movie buff, and I, you know, I, I read a lot about a lot of like Brando and and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, um, 
Lawrence Olivier and Spencer Tracy was always a hero of mine. Did you get into productions at Hilltop? I did. I had a uh, we had a, a drama department, which I, um, I when I realized I wasn't going to play for the Lakers, I kind of got into the, <laughs> to the, into the drama department, which interested me. Uh-huh. And you know, some people say, "Oh, you've got some ability," but at Hilltop, I was uh, one of a kind there, so I couldn't really play any family members. So I was always like the butler or the <laughs> undertaker, or you know, <laughs> first citizen on the left or something. Gotcha. But I did have some time. Uh, couple of t- experiences where we did uh, festivals where I could do any we could do any play we wanted to so I did a production of No Exit uh-huh. which actually won awards and I was in the, I was I won like a best actor thing was that based like that, on so. Satra's book or yes yeah yeah how about that Richard there yeah you go, wow you, yeah, that was good I knew that. very good yeah <laughs> I, that surprised John me Paul. too wow he knows his John Paul <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me what the book was about right. I just remember can't get nothing past you man <laughs> yeah and, but um, but Joe, we forgot to mention who Walter's godfather is. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about Chicago. Yeah, we should. Yeah, if any, especially with the Cubs doing so great this year. Yeah, that's any, why I mentioned it. Anybody who was around in the '60s remembers their out in right field was left Billy, field. Was he left field? Left field. Yeah. No, left I'm sorry, field. left field was uh, Billy Williams. Yeah. And um, so how he was? How did he become your godfather? Well, he owned some car dealerships, and my dad bought a couple cars from him, and uh-huh. they had become friends. And um, the next thing you know, I guess he asked him to be my godfather, and he accepted. And, I, I haven't seen him for a long time. I met him a couple of times when I was really young. And so, yeah. Yeah, 1972, was, National League batting champ. Yeah. So who was playing right field for the Cubs? Why did I confuse Jim that? Hickman. Jim Hickman. Oh, really? Wow. There's a name from the past. Yeah. And who was center field back then in the 60s? There was many. I know, but uh, name one. Brock Davis, Cleo James. I was going to say Cleo Don James. Don Young. Yeah. Don Young. I remember Don Young. Yeah, he dropped that fly ball mm. in 69. I remember Jose Cardinal. Cardinal. <laughs> was, I remember was, him, yeah. That was starting in 73 <laughs> yeah, when Rick, Rick Monday came over, too. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Rick Monday. Of course, everyone remembers him from saving the American flag from getting uh, ignited. Some guy was trying to light on fire in center field. He also hit a big home run to Montreal for the Dodgers. He did. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, Billy Williams, quite the player. He but, was. He was. But, but we digress. Yes. So we got that established. And um, so, Hilton, so now you go to the American Conservative. Conservatory Theater. Where is that? That's in San Francisco on Geary Street. And I, you know, how'd you even find out about that? You're, you're, I I probably saw a flyer in one of the uh, offices of, I I went to Southwestern College for a little while, Mm -hmm. which was, which was also a very good training program. um, And and a lot of good teachers were there. Southwestern? Yeah. William Virtus and and John Newhouse. These are people I've really mentored me and, and, um, Southwestern here in mm -hmm, South mm -hmm. Bay here. I went there for a couple of John Houseman. No, John, John, did I say John Houseman? Yeah. John Newhouse. Oh, Newhouse. Okay. He was a, very big influence on my early life. Uh, he's the first one who gave me the opportunity to, to play something other than what I was, to be yeah. anything in a play. You know, he gave me the thought that, oh, I don't have to just play these kinds of roles. I can play anything. And, yeah. And so that uh, opened me up for a whole new experience. But I probably saw a flyer on someone's desk and just, I wanted to get out of here and get get out of that. Get, just get out of San Diego and try something new. But one of your teachers at uh, up at, uh, at American Conservatory Theater was someone very well known. Yeah, Annette Benning was my acting Annette teacher. Annette Benning, there yeah. you go. And um, she was very different then. She was very you know earth muffiny. She wore the Birkenstocks and had the long <laughs> hair. And, and probably if you said I I foresee you marrying Warren Beatty one day, she probably would have slapped you in the face. But, how about that? So now, was she involved with uh, Warren Beatty at the time? No, no, no. Okay. She she was married to someone else who okay. actually was re- responsible for me getting into the theater program. Really? He gave me a scholarship. His name was J. Stephen White. How about and he that? really liked me, and he said, "I'm going to put you with my wife. She'll she'll push you." And boy, did she! So, how many years were you? Did you work with her up there? One or two? I was there um, a little while. I was there a while. You know, about a year and a half. Year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Then you return to San Diego mm-hmm. and you become an apprentice at the Old Globe Theater. And yeah. What does that mean? 
basically you play all the small parts. <laughs> the play is the left, you know, lieutenant, the first lieutenant or something like that. You uh -huh. know? In fact, I was in a really a famous production of Richard II there. The, hey, the, Paul Newman, they all started in these little yeah, parts, yeah. right? So uh, you got to start somewhere. My first yeah. production, I was with a man named Brian Bedford, who was um, who went to school with Albert Finney and Alan Bates and, hmm. and, and Peter O'Toole, and he was uh, the king. And there's a picture that uh, is in the Library of Congress, and I said, I told someone, I'm in that picture. And they go, oh, well, where are you? And I said, you see that guy way in the back there? <laughs> I'm behind him. I'm behind him, Anyway, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back with local actor Walter Murray right after this. Hang on. All right, we're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is the time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. Yes, I do. Big thank you to UBS. Could not do this show without UBS. Michael Caranta and Drew Friedis, also our favorite CPAs on the planet. We've got two groups of them, Signature Analytics with Jason Kruger CPA, a great CFO service, also more traditional CPAs, Polito Epic, Don Epic, and Paul Polito. Joel Gruskin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Also, Brenda Geiger, Geiger Law Office. They specialize in asset protection and estate planning. Now, all this money that our sponsors make, you can park it at California Republic Bank, a great niche market bank serving wealthy families and family offices, Lane Elliott and Sean Puckett. Hub International, formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance, a great employee benefits firm. Also, the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Also, our great friend, Paul Hines, who heads up Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. And, of course, Paul is behind the SeniorSafeAndSound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial elder abuse. Also, interest rates are still low. Nathan Watkins, worldwide credit. If you're buying or refinancing, Nathan Watkins will do an amazing job. For you, and I'm getting hungry saying all of this, Joe, so what can I do? Well, some of our other great sponsors are uh, the Very Good Food Foundation, uh, headed up by Michelle Lirak, and they've got a show coming up on uh, uh, food waste, I believe. Uh, late, late August. Late August, yep. uh, another great show with them. And then also the uh, Lestat's Coffee Houses. Uh, they're about to open their third on University Avenue. The first is in uh, Normal Heights, second in University Heights. They're open 24-7, uh, 365. The new one will not be open 24 hours right away, but it soon will be. And uh, we thank them for supporting all we do. And, I, and Richard, I know many of these sponsors have been working with you for many years, right? In some cases, more years than I care to admit. <laughs> with great success, of <laughs> course. So, But uh, we thank them all for supporting us and allowing us to do what we do. So please support them when you get an opportunity. And uh, back to Walter Murray. When we last left off, you were uh, with Annette Benning. Uh, oh, oh, you were well, no, no, actually well, 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 no, well, no, well, no, well, no, you returned to the Globe. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, uh, I backed up too far. Yeah. We were at the Globe, and what was your first production there? The, the, you, met, you, met, you remember the name of it? Yes, it was uh, Richard II with Rick? Brian Bedford. Yeah. Was that the outdoor theater? Uh, no, it was indoors. Indoor. indoor. Yeah. They still had the three theaters, though, at the time. Yes, they did, yeah. This yeah. is, and, of course, it had burned down, and then they had rebuilt the... Just, mm -hmm. it, the fire was just in the big theater, right? It wasn't all... I think it was... Um, or was it the entire... I think it was pretty much the entire complex. Wow. Someone said they remember an image of Craig Knoll standing there just just um, destroyed, you know. Well, we built it back even bigger and better. And, of course, they've even rebuilt the <clears throat> Cassius Carter. Now that's called the... Uh, is that the... Oh, Harvey White and Cheryl White, I think. Uh, the, you know, the new, the new mm -hmm. uh, smaller theater. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, boy, they do magnificent work there, though. So, so tell us. So, yeah, I mean, you've been in many, many plays here and and around the country. So, you know, why don't you take us uh, from the, the globe uh, some of the m- uh, more memorable roles and and some thoughts and well, some experiences? I, I was there off and on for about three summers, three years. Mm-hmm. And um, I, the, another production I was in was a production of Coriolanus, mm-hmm. uh, which was named like best play of uh, I think the past mm-hmm. like century uh, right. by the San Diego Union Tribune. Um, and um, that was an incredible experience. Uh, it, they, they they modernized it and, and based it on a lot of the images that were in the park and the homeless and everything at the time. Oh, that was the outdoor theater, right? No, that no. was indoors too. Really? Yes, that was a really, really... Oh, um, just yeah, they do interesting. They'll take like Macbeth and set it in the 1950s mm-hmm. or something. I mean, it's... Yeah, uh, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what they try to do nowadays <laughs> to make it more accessible to uh, the, the... Younger the audience. Modern, the modern audience, yes. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I saw one play there. It wasn't Shakespeare. It was in, at the outdoor theater, and um, I, you know, they were speaking English, but I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't follow it. It was just one of these Middle English things. And um, anyway, but rarely have I been disappointed, you know, by the Globe or any theater in town. They're actually, we've we've increased. I think the the amount of, of theater around this county quite a bit. I mean, you've been at the Signet. Name some of the theaters. But Signet, uh, well, well, North uh, Coast uh, Rep, I, right? North Coast Rep, uh, the Signet. I just finished a play there, and I've also worked at the uh, the old Gas Lab Theater, which was run by Kit Goldman. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. <laughs> and um, I worked at the San Diego Rep um, a few times. Um, I had my own theater company, the San Diego Black Ensemble, with my partner Reese Green. Uh-huh. I had that for I, I was involved for about ten years. Yeah. And, Where, now, uh, where'd you put those productions on? All over to begin with, and then we had a place on Twenty Third and Broadway. Mm-hmm. But we kind of worked wherever we could, and uh, even at Twigs Coffee Shop, we did a play there once. Yeah. yeah. Well, Walter and I now we hang out at Lestats once mm-hmm. in a while too, and talk about, and we remember the uh, when you coming home, Red Rider, and yeah. and uh, with Kim McCallum. I yeah, I remember seeing that. And, and this was in a little theater, I think, the on Bowery. In the Bowery, yeah, 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 it was in the basement of a, a hotel of a, of, a, of a rundown hotel, hotel. right. And uh, Bourbon Street and Laundry was a bur- bur- was oh, Bourbon and Laundry yeah. was one, and then Lone Star was another. Lone they Star, were right. they were a kind of a couple, a two plays. I'm still together. friends with a lot of those people that were in that production. But Richard, did you ever see that when you're coming home, Red Rider? It's no, a, I never. It's did. about a, a guy coming back from Vietnam, and he's in a little diner, and I think in Texas or okay. someplace. Yeah. And he terrorizes this freaking diner. And mm-hmm. I want to tell you, you're sitting, and of course, it was a very intimate setting. Mm-hmm. I think the I think it only sat about sixty people, and. This guy is going berserk, and he's like perspiring through everything. Mm. And and I swear to God, I wanted to jump out of my chair and tackle him because I, <laughs> I thought he was he had a gun out. Right, right. He yeah. had a gun out, you know, and he's going bananas. And uh, boy, that was powerful acting. I mean, when you see great acting up close like that, it's almost like tennis, Richard. Mm-hmm. You, if you watch professional tennis on television versus being like in the yeah, first being or a, second being on, row, being on court, it's a totally different appreciation. I mean, you you, yeah. know, you can't really appreciate off the time. Maybe for the U.S. Open where they do have a lot of on court cameras, but. Uh, typically, no, uh, the game actually looks easy on TV, Joe. It's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, <laughs> but when you see how good they are up close, I mean, it was. Re- and and uh, Kim McCallum, we talked about about about. There's Sean Murray. There's Sam Woodhouse. There's a lot of these people in town that have just been in, devoted their whole life to San Diego. And I remember when my first plays was uh, working down at uh, before yeah, Horton sure. Plaza. I remember that before yeah. Horton Plaza, that little blue house down. I, I don't know, it was an F or G Street. Uh, it's it was on the side of the current. Um, um, and I saw Death of a Salesman down there oh, at that really? old house. Yeah. Wow, yeah. 
Uh, boy, there's some, yeah, it was really, really good stuff out San Diego there. has a very rich uh, theater history. and It uh, does. Yes, and I'm, I'm I even like these murder mystery cafes. <laughs> have you been to any of those, Richard? No. Oh, no, my God. Uh, I've heard about Judy them. Holiday or Julie Holiday. Boy, yeah. it's down on, uh, it's in the Imperial House, I guess, there. Uh, I highly recommend that. I mean, it's just totally vamp and uh, vamp or camp, I guess. It's camp, I guess. Camp, I suppose. Yeah. But the cool thing is the actors and actresses, um, they're also your food servers during the show. <laughs> Okay. So okay. someone will say, gee, we're really in the soup. Because speaking of soup, it's time for the soup. And the play shuts down and they go and they roll out. Yeah, could and could you stop murdering that person? I need more napkins. Okay. <laughs> but it's so over the top. I mean, it's 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 funny. And I and uh, so I recommend those. But so, Walter, uh, so tell us some of the, the more uh, profound plays you were in or ones that you thought uh, were, were just off the charts. Excellent. Well, well um, uh, after Richard, I went to uh, Lambs and did a production of uh, Man for All Seasons, which is a, a a play about Sir Thomas More that mm-hmm. was, um, you know, phenomenal production. Where was that? It was at Lamb's Theater in, in okay. when it was in National City, actually. Okay, now they're in Coronado, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, I've, I've, you know, I was in a production of Cymbeline at the San Diego Rep, and and um, I've, let's see, where else? I was, I, I was an understudy um, for my children in my Africa with, mm. uh, that Alpha Fugard directed, and Brock Peters was in, and Nancy Travis. Mm. Um, let's, I mean, I've, I've, I've done, you know, a lot over the years and worked with some really. Um, well-known people. One of the um, things I got from working at the Globe was I saw the kind of actor I wanted to be like, you know, the mm. kind of professional and how you conduct yourself and how you, you know, go about your business and, and do your job. And Any great one-man shows. I saw uh, Vincent Price at UCSD years ago uh, portray um, Oscar Wilde, and it, mm. was, and it was two acts, and I don't know how he remembered all this dialogue, this, uh, well, it wouldn't be dialogue, it would be monologue. But I, I remember one line. He said, "Give me life's luxuries, and I can dispense with the necessities." <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Walter, well, I mean Vincent Price, man. Oh yeah, that was, must have been awesome. Yeah, yeah he's sure. pretty, he was pretty quite cool. an actor. But, but I mean, the people I've worked with, like, like I said, like Brian Bedford and, and mm-hmm. also uh, John Vickery. I worked with him and um, at the Globe, and well, I was in a play with him. I'd say <laughs> worked with him. But I saw George Grizzard in a play at the Globe also. And your most recent, are, are the uh, was it Effing Bird or something? Yes, the one, stupid uh, Effing Bird. At, yeah, at based on the seagull, it was mm-hmm. like a, um, a, a, a a satire on that. I would take. Yes, guess, yes, and, it was a, a really interesting play, and, and I'm I'm so happy to be involved with it and proud of it. Signet's down at the. Uh, it's an old town. Old town. Yeah, and, and it's run by Sean Murray. Yeah. And um, you know, when we started rehearsals, I didn't know what this guy was about. I didn't know how to tackle it, and I was a little bit lost, and maybe even began to doubt myself a little bit. But once we walked into the theater for um, uh, tech rehearsals, I just thought to myself, I got this. I yeah, can do this. well, you guys rehearse a lot, right? There's readings and then there's mm-hmm. rehearsals. You, and it's you a read, lot. You re- well, it's all part of it. You read and then you rehearse um, and then you, you sit around the table and talk about what you want to do. Maybe you give us, when we come back, we're going to take a break. We'll give us some tricks on how to memorize uh, bits of dialogue. So mm-hmm. we'll come mm-hmm. back with uh, local accomplished actor Walter Murray right after this. Hang on. All right, back on the couch with Walter Murray. I love that Bob Newhart music. Mm-hmm. So. Great show. But um, but I had never heard Mary Hartman before. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> well, I've got Mike Hansen on the board, so we're hearing all kinds of new things today. <laughs> so, Walter, how, how much can you memorize in terms of lines and like? I mean, how? Well, I don't know. I, I, it just depends on what the play okay. calls for. I mean, I, I you, you have to do your job, which is memorize the lines and learn right. the lines and. I just go about it. I just start at the beginning and just trying to figure out what I'm saying and, and um, you know, just 
process of going through it line for line and committing it to memory. And then what I'll do is I'll write it out. Okay. Physically write it out so, sure. it, so it gets in your in your your mind and also your body a little right. bit too. I, I was in a few press club sketches many years ago, and I found myself driving down the freeway, even reciting my lines to myself mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. everything else. Just I'll to, do that. To yes. Try to nail it. Well, I down. used to I used to run and try to memorize my lines that way, but I can't run anymore. So I just um, I just try to. You run. got a bad knee. Do they use any kind of uh, mnemonic help? Like you see these earpieces or whatever. Is there anybody who's trying to? If someone gets lost, do they feed them a line or whatever? If you are in, uh, reveal any if secrets. You're still in, you know, like previews or rehearsals. They'll, they'll they can feed you a line, perhaps. How do but they once do you that? get well, electronically, you, someone will just you know prompt you. Oh, you know, oh, 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 oh. someone will prompt you. But once the you know, once the once the show starts, and I always try to be ready, yeah, to go when when we have an audience or whatever. When we start running through a play, I try to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. So uh, once that starts, you're on your own. Yeah. And so I mean, it's not you know, it's not if you're going to forget a line, it's when because <laughs> something happens every night. So you you're know? on stage, a ton of lights in your face. I mean, do you just focus on the other actors and yourself, and don't even and try not even to think about the audience or look at the audience? Or well, what I've tried, what I try to do now is just go from moment to moment what is it i listen and i react and i respond i try to listen to what's happening what the, you know, so you're in the moment but mm-hmm. i mean you, you don't you, like the audience you, you have to you know. you, you know they're there you're yeah. aware of we're aware of them, especially in this last play when we actually would talk to the audience and relate to you the audience you broke the fourth wall well one of the actors did but you know mm. we, were, we were encouraged to look out and make eye contact you didn't know i knew that richard i didn't know you knew the fourth wall <laughs> but i'm but i'm really just trying to concentrate on what i'm doing you know uh-huh. what my job is and that's just going from moment to moment listening and breathing and doing mm-hmm. like, doing doing that thing well it's uh it's quite demanding and you have to love it obviously um you know only very few actors you know i think what's the number richard how many actors make over twenty thousand dollars it's uh it's a really small number it's it's, 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 it's sort of like best-selling authors are like, like it's like one or two tenths of one percent of people yeah. who ever wrote a book yeah mm-hmm. so uh but it's so re- i mean if you love to do it and um and I want to tell you, I went, uh, our former guest, uh, Bill Lirak, who's one of the most powerful negotiators uh, in the history of the legal mm-hmm. profession and, and negotiation uh, per se, I mean, negotiating deals for... Uh, the, the Enron case. Uh, yes, yeah, settlements for billions of dollars. And he gave a lecture at the School of Business, I believe, at San Diego State, and I uh, attended the lecture. And at the end of the class... Um, I raised my hand. I said, for all these people here, you know, who uh, are in, who want, aspire to become better negotiators, what cl- class or courses do you recommend that they take? And, and he said drama, mm-hmm. which really, mm-hmm. it shows you how important it is, you know. I think if I wasn't an actor, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure I would have gone to law school. Really? I was there. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I mean, there is, especially if you're in, in, in court, and you, you know, there's a lot of acting that goes. They say mm-hmm. a, 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 a court cases where 12 jurors get together to decide who has the better <laughs> lawyer. <so>. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, so, it, did you do any teaching of acting? I do. I've, I've, I taught acting in the schools for uh, drama, uh, acting in the schools for, um, uh, for a while. Um, I'm, I'm teaching summer camp right now. and <laughs> actually, I've taught a little bit of acting in the summer camps, but uh, mostly it's other little things like Star Wars camp or, or something. Okay. You know, but you know, today is claymation. But, you know, there's acting involved in it. You know. But now you've also have taught, uh, I guess, physical therapy, diversity, sexual harassment, uh, mm-hmm. corporate training. For, now, how did you get into this uh, training detectives for how, how to interrogate uh, witnesses? Uh, um, well, that uh, all of those I got into uh, first uh, by being an actor and mm-hmm. they bring you into, um, to, uh, you know, to, to be the parts, you know, to, to work out the scenarios. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, you kind of help, uh, help facilitate the, uh, the program. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit of everything. 
And so, um, so yeah. you've been hired by law enforcement to train no, detectives. It's not a law. Enf- no, I'm not hired by law enforcement. It's a pri- it's a private company, but ah. we work with all kinds of law enforcement from all over the country. I guess. They come from everywhere. They're actually, the world. Some have come from other other countries to, to to participate in the program, and it's it's really reward rewarding. And um, there's a lot of that good <clears throat> cop, bad cop. Uh, is that you train people to do that? Uh, I mean, it's no. Well, those are kind of the old techniques they try to get away from. Uh, now it's just bad cop, bad cop. What? No, no, no. <laughs> it's waterboarding. <George. laughs> no, no. <laughs> you really try to get to know the um, the, the, the the suspect, uh, or it's, it's also witness interviewing too. So I, I do part of do that also. But it's just getting to know the suspect and trying to find out what makes them tick and getting information from them mm-hmm. that um, you can then. I thought you know, it was interesting recently. The uh, the first person accused of uh, of setting those homeless uh, people on fire, uh, they arrested mm-hmm. him, and then they almost immediately released him. So, mm-hmm. uh, but they do they did. I guess they do have the correct suspect now, but. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that must be pretty traumatic. They're being the wrong person, getting picked up. Well, for you know it. it's funny when I when I when I do the scenarios. Um, uh, usually you do like four or five a day, and by the end of the day, I'm wiped out because you're basically being you know interrogated five times. Mm. Uh, so it's like it's like a, your body takes on that same stress, and yeah. so you go through this little process. I mean, it's for an hour each time. But yeah, yeah, I'm wiped out. Well, I remember that Stephanie Crow where they had I mm-hmm. think her siblings, the the young guy, the young kids, and uh, they. I mean, they really should have a lawyer with them. They, they, they should have, yeah. They, um, they uh, interrogated the heck out of us because they finally admitted something but that they didn't do, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you see any of that video, Richard? That, I saw some of it. Yeah, it was, yeah I mean, that happens, coercion. It was kind of, it was kind of disturbing. I mean, mm-hmm. um, You admit I mean, to anything I mean, just to get out of the situation. Yeah. Well, that happens, when I think, when you go in with an agenda. Which, But, I mean, mm-hmm. what this, um, this, this program that I'm with really tries to get to know the suspect and to mm-hmm. try to figure out you know, with the, their background, mm-hmm. and then, you know, use that information to get to kind of find out what, what happened. You know, gotcha. And to, to get them to, to confess eventually. So, so speaking of teaching, is drama still really, really um, a popular topic? I mean, is it more so or less so than when you were growing up? I think um, drama is a very popular topic for, you know, it, parents are always looking for kids to, to have some activities after school or d- during the school. I mean, the funding was cut uh, the first time, sure. which is why I kind of got out of it. I was also a little bit burnt out. Mm-hmm. But um, there's always, you know, something trying to get uh, kids involved in, in, in acting. So my goal is to try to get them to come out of themselves, to mm-hmm. to be more confident, to to to, to just. But because be... it seems like it's more of a challenge now because of technology and so on. I, I don't know that kids interact as much with other human beings as they did when we were growing they up. They don't, and I see that. I see that them uh, they, they don't want. It's, it's a different kind of interaction. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's almost it's very stilted in a sense. Yeah, but know, there's, there's still so, a lot of theory. Now your daughters went to La Costa Canyon, Richard. I mean, they must have done school plays there, right? And <laughs> oh, they went to Canyon Crest or Canyon. I'm sorry. Yeah, Canyon my Crest. my youngest, who's the junior at San Jose yeah, State, yeah, um, she was the, she was into drama and yeah. did school plays and so on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mean you see you see talent in someone young, and you you know, you would like to encourage them. Like I, I've encouraged some kids in the camp just this summer. You know, just to, you know, you might want to think about this. But I always tell them, well, I, now what camp are we talking about? Is it a drama camp or something? It's 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 a camp of um, with the YMCA and mm. and um, and um, they have all kinds of activities: cooking, um, claymation, which is mm-hmm. one of the things I did today, and and like I said, Star Wars camp. There's many many things. Hip hop, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of uh, activities for young uh, young kids to do, and and um, but drama is one of them. That's one of the ones that I'm, I'm supposed to be teaching. Yeah. Nice. Well, I mean, uh, look, these plays going San Diego State, of course, at the college level. I mean, San Diego State has a great film and theater mm-hmm. department. Mm-hmm. Uh, UCSD, UCSD does, UCSD. does, does yes. great work. And USD, I believe, is, was hooked up with the Globe for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Quick story about Kit Goldman because we're, we're you know, but uh, I went to see Hay Fever when it was at the Han was it the Han Cosmopolitan I think back so, then. Yeah. 
And I did not know it was a three-act play. So after the <laughs> so you left after the session. <laughs> Wait a minute! Don't blow it. So no, I, I, you know, we, the second act ends, and I go, wow, you know, uh, yeah. n- no one, get, no, not a standing ovation. I mean, it ended like in a logical place. Right. Mm-hmm. So whoever I was, I was, come on, I guess it must but be no over. But no response, right? So I get a block away, and I said, you know what? I'm, gonna, I got to go back and ask <laughs> Kid Goldman. I go, why didn't anyone give it a so one? I go back to the theater. We walk all block back, and I see her in the in the lobby. I go, Kit, I just I just puzzled me. I mean, the play was great. I said, How come no standing ovation? She goes, Well, there's a third act. We go, <laughs> I said, oh, there you go, I, Joe. That I feel like an idiot. You, you don't see many. You don't see yeah. many three act plays. No, anymore, you don't. So. And it ended in a logical. But anyway, you did get a standing ovation at the end of the third act. But I, I thought that was was rather funny. So they let you back in, huh? Yeah, good. But anyway, Walter, we're uh, we're getting close to wrapping up here. We got about a half a minute. It left here. Uh, any new shows that we should know about before um, before we uh, wrap here? And, and Nothing at the moment for mm-hmm. me. I'm I'm um, the last play took a lot out of What's me. What's running right now that you think w- that you would recommend though for for, for folks? Anything uh, or, or about to run? Uh, keeping up with that or? Well, I, I know Sigurd's going to do some um, August Wilson plays uh, mm-hmm. in September, October. So that will Wonderful. probably be very interesting. Anyway, folks, get out to a play. Get out there and uh, enjoy the theater. Walter Murray, thanks so much for thanks, being Walter. our guest. Richard, great seeing you. Mike Hansen on our board, thanks for making it sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blank, your con executive. Andrew Dave Sniff, our programming genius here at KFMB. All these podcasts are commercial for you on iowamoney.com. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye now.